Hello and welcome back to the In and Around podcast. Um, I'm not your usual host. Will is, <laughs> uh, has some Wi-Fi difficulties at the moment, so he will not be joining us this week, which means you're stuck with me, uh, Mike, and also Dangerous Dave. How are you, mate? Oh, I'm good, thanks, Mike. <laughs> you thought he got away with it for a second. Yeah, I actually you? did, I actually did. <laughs> um, we'll do a bit of the top four race as that comes to its conclusion. We'll have a quick look down the bottom of the table again. Talk about the European games uh, that we missed, obviously, between podcasts. And then um, we'll also talk about the the EFL uh, final weekend. Um, but first, because my mate Ewan, who's out in Vietnam, said he, he cracked up at the, um, the condiments question that Will came up with uh, last week. I wanted to ask you, Dave, if you're a tree... What kind of tree would you be? A and tree. Why? Well, I'm yeah. guessing this. I'm guessing I'm this Googled is a question from you in itself. No, no. Actually, oh no! If I was so, a tree, since I'm at the wheel. I'm, I'm oh gonna, god! I'm, gonna, I'm just going to Google types of trees now as well. Yeah, I only know some types of trees. That's the thing, mate. I'm not going to say a willow because they're like low and overhanging, so we won't go with that one. Radio. I don't really want to say that I'm like some sort of fruit tree or a conquer tree or whatever because that's like people are essentially taking things from me. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with an ash. It's it's a common tree in the UK, so it's pretty pretty boring. Sorry, self, but self. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're doing here. Hold the on. Woodland Trust described it as one of our most beloved trees, so I'm gonna go with that. Um, I'll take that. Hell, I don't know. Right, we'll I've come never back thought to about this. I'll go like an oak tree. Oak oh, trees are pretty standard. Yeah, old. A bit taller uh, than you, probably, but... Yeah, okay. I'd, I'd think so. That's okay. Um, all right, we'll start with the, the top four, then. The race for the top four. City, obviously, did not win the league, um, but a guaranteed top four. United also secured top four with their win um, away at Villa. Which we well, Dave's got sat for us late. Two places very much up for grabs. The guys are Chelsea, 64 points from 35 games, and Leicester, 63 from their third. Uh, any, anything, anything to report from that game, Dave? Um, you actually cut out a bit there, Mike. Uh, I heard Chelsea Leicester. Uh, I didn't catch which game. Right, yeah, no worries. Uh, the I was just asking you about the Chelsea Man City game at the weekend. Oh you, yeah, you wanted to uh, discuss from that game. Well, yeah, I think Chelsea just show how far they've come with uh, Thomas himself. They're just so well organised. Um, Man City actually struggled to break them down. I felt really, um, and that is, I mean, it's a weird game because Aguero puts that penalty away. Maybe, maybe City go on to win. Um, I wouldn't. Uh, I think at two 0 down, I don't really back Chelsea to come back. However, yeah, they're so well disciplined that they were able to to end up winning that game. So it's interesting as well because obviously it's Champions League final. But I think Chelsea. Uh, when you look at fixtures and stuff, I, I think Chelsea are in the driving seat here really to to get one of these two spots. Definitely. You- 
you've led me lo- nicely into a little game we're going to play, which is we're going to tell you the fixtures that all, all the left are trying how many points they're going to get. So we'll start with Chelsea, obviously mm-hmm. off the back of that 2-1 win at Man City. Uh, they've got Arsenal at home, Leicester at home, and then um, it's worth noting that Chelsea and Leicester play each other on the Saturday before in in the FA Cup final before they play each other on the in the league. So yeah, that's that's a bit wild. That'll be an interesting one. Do you reckon up in those three games? Uh, I reckon Chelsea probably get. Go as far as seven points. I think they'll beat Arsenal, I think they'll beat Villa, and I think they'll draw with Leicester. Yeah, so seven points. We'll put them on 71, so we'll come back to that as we go along. Leicester, um, moving straight on to them, uh, as I said, 63 points, so just the one behind mm-hmm. uh, Chelsea at the moment, who are in third. They lost 4-2 at home to Newcastle. Are we seeing a repeat, do you think, uh, of last year's bottle job? I think it's on the cards. I really can't believe. Honestly, I saw that Newcastle were four 0 up, and I thought, I think I saw that scoreline on Twitter, and I was like thinking maybe uh, optimistic Newcastle fans tweeted that, and then they actually were four 0 up. Um, and they were at home as well, Leicester, and that yeah. going into their four get well, obviously that was their fourth last game. That's the game where you're like, this is the one they pick up three points, and they got absolutely battered. Yeah, we said uh, to Burnley should be a sackable offence. Is a deficit to a Steve Bruce's Newcastle a sackable offence? I think think to let them score four goals, it's certainly up there. Yeah, just quickly on Newcastle, obviously, Callum Wilson... Uh, back in the goal. So, Maximin had a really good game. Willock, I thought, was good as well. Willock looks really good, to be honest. Really uh, good player. Um, yeah, is that a permanent move? Did they get him on, or is it just still just a loan? It's just a loan, but obviously they, they're wanting to try and sign him, as you can imagine. He's yeah, quality. It, it would seem to make sense for him, maybe, as well, to go there. I think it probably makes think... sense for Arsenal if if they don't feel that he's quite good enough. Yeah, especially with the emergence of Smith Rowe this season. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, he's been a bit of a revelation for them, and I think yeah. they're, they're hoping to get Odegaard back. Although I don't know how likely that will be. Yeah, maybe um, if Odegaard, maybe if Odegaard doesn't come back, they try and get Willock into the frame somehow. But uh, yeah, at this moment in time, with their current crop of players, I'm not sure Willock's really going to get much game time unless it's rotation. Yeah, which would be a shame, given how he's been playing for Newcastle. A lot of it, as well, has been off the bench, it's worth noting, but he yeah. did start this one. Um, but yeah, big win for Bruce and his men. They're up to 14th now, which is a, a little bit wild. Um, yeah, it is. 39 points, so they are almost officially safe, which is, I guess, the uh, is all that Steve Bruce was brought in to do. Um, but back on Leicester, so their remaining mm-hmm. fixtures... Man United away, which is um, which will be tonight when the podcast releases. Chelsea away, and then Spurs well, oh, at yeah. home. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're not they're not easy fixtures by any stretch of the imagination. Nope. How many points do you reckon there, Dave? We've given them one against Chelsea. Yeah, I was going to say I've got one against Chelsea. 
You see, I actually think they have a chance against Man United because Man United have such wild squad rotation. Yeah. Sorry, fixture congestion, which obviously will lead to squad rotation. Um, so I'd back them to... I'm going to back them to beat Man United. I think, given how poor they were against Newcastle, Rodgers will really want to see something from them. However, another team in the mix, Spurs, they're coming into this game... Oh, oh, oh yeah, we have put Spurs. Cool. Uh, <laughs> they've either got <laughs> nothing to play on this day, or they need to win. And I think one thing with Ryan Mason is, yeah, obviously he's not an experienced coach, but he tr- lets him attack with way more freedom, which obviously has its its negatives as well. But I think in the importance of that game, I'd I'd maybe say a point against Spurs. I don't think they'll beat Spurs, even if Spurs are out of the race. I've, I yeah. think. Yeah. Johnny Evans also getting injured is, is a huge blow to them. Uh, if they still had Johnny Evans, I would, in fact, back them to beat Spurs. But the defenders looked at absolute sea against Newcastle, to be honest. It was it was quite embarrassing. Yes, very, very poor from them. I think, Even Sayunchi uh, had comfortably the worst game I've ever seen him play. Yeah, and that's worrying. Uh, obviously, yeah, Johnny Evans not being there is also a big concern. I think you're right about the Man United game. I think uh, Ollie is likely to use that. Yeah, because my thoughts are surely, when it comes to the fans, yeah, they'd be annoyed to lose to Leicester, but God, they'd be way more annoyed to lose to Liverpool, is yeah, my feeling. Want... I said this earlier to uh, Jake, who is also a listener of the podcast and a Man United fan, that I would rather he pretty much switch the 11 for the Leicester game. Yeah, so and then full strength against full Liverpool. 11. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think there's likely to be a fair amount of changes for that game, which gives Leicester a good chance if they can pick themselves up off the floor. Chelsea, we've given them a point. I think that's fair. That'll be an interesting one. Uh, and then yeah. Spurs, yeah, again, if there's something riding on that game. There's not going to be any pushovers. I don't no. think there'll be pushovers anyway. Yeah, I mean, we we don't really rate this Spurs team, but they're not going to be, they're not just going to roll over and, and let Leicester waltz into the top four, that's for sure, because Leicester may well be playing for Europa League by then. Uh, sorry, Spurs yeah. may well be playing for their Europa League place. Mm-hmm. So that, that's an interesting run of games with teams that are all up there uh, in and around the European <laughs> places. Great podcast. Love that. Um, next up, fifth place, the mighty West Ham, um, who lost 1-0 to Everton at the weekend. Which is unfortunate, really, but they've not got a bad run of fixtures left. No. Um, I didn't mention how many points they've got. They're on 58, so five behind Leicester with it. So a decent gap to make up for the Champions League. Yeah. Um, how do we rate their chances? Yeah, I mean, five points to make up with three games to play. Yeah, it's it's asking hell of a lot, uh, I would say. Um, however, I think this run of games should at least secure Europa League for them, especially given Brighton... Lewis Dunk and Morpai both sent off, so Brighton will be without their captain and centre back. I, I obviously Ben White's good, but I'd still say Dunk's maybe the best centre back they have. Uh, and Morpai, especially, especially yeah. as a leader at the back, therefore, and that mm-hmm. that will be a big miss, like you say. And Morpai obviously is is their main. Well, he's not really fired this season, but I'd still say he's their best striker, really, uh, maybe other than Welbeck. So that's two big players missing. However. This is West Ham. They could somehow lose that game, and then at which point I have no confidence in them for the remaining two fixtures. But 
realistically, they're sort of in a, a really nice position that all three teams they're playing will have nothing to play for. Uh, I believe Brighton are safe, or depending on... Brighton are essentially uh, safe. They're, they're yeah, Burnley, of, uh, Fulham play after we record. Yeah. Uh, so basically, unless Fulham win, Brighton are safe by the time of this fixture. And missing key players. West Brom are already relegated. However, playing an already relegated team can be dangerous because they literally have nothing to lose. Um, Sometimes, a lot of the time, we've seen it before. Relegated I remember teams, Reading. Like some of their best performances. I remember Reading one season. They got relegated and then they won like the last three or four games. And one game absolutely smashed them. I can't remember who, but they absolutely battered someone. So if they have nothing to play for. They they could be pretty tough. Southampton, I'd say uh, maybe the, uh, I'd say maybe the easiest fixture there. Southampton have been free fall for absolute ages, um, and it's at home, which by then there should be West Ham fans in the ground. Good, good point. Yeah, so I think true. I think ah uh, that's true in Leicester. I guess they will have their fans there for the Spurs game. However. Yeah, it still doesn't take away the the difficulty of that fixture for me. But I think West Ham against Southampton, they're a team that could be there for the taking anyway. And I think, I think, yeah, their last home game of the season and it, they've actually got fans there. I think that actually could be a pretty. Uh, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with nine points, Mike. To be honest. There we go. The full compliment yeah. for West Ham. But this oh, is West Ham, so if they if they even draw against Brighton, I'm not even sure they beat one of West Brom or Southampton. It could, yeah, it could go very well, and it definitely could go wrong if they slip up in in that game. And the West Brom one, I think, is a bit of a banana skin because, as you rightly say, they're already down. Big Sam. Well, they would just be sending them out to enjoy themselves, and sometimes that's when you get your best football pressures off. Yeah, and they they've already shown West Brom to be fair, they're not actually that bad going forward. So also with West Ham, the reason I'm gonna say that I don't think they make the Champions League is they can win all three games and they're still relying on Leicester dropping points. It's really yeah. it's out of their hands. This is entirely in Leicester's hands for this fourth place. Absolutely. As it stands at the moment, we would have Chelsea on seventy one. Leicester 68, West Ham missing out by a point on 67. Um, so so that's interesting. We'll move on to Liverpool, who might be able to sneak their way into the Champions League yeah. after all. Um, they've been playing a lot better recently. Beat Southampton 2-0 uh, at the weekend. Also, Mike, sorry, one point I'll make with West Ham. Their goal difference is way worse than everyone else in this contention. Um, so Chelsea are plus 23, Leicester plus 20. Liverpool plus 18, Spurs plus 20. West Ham are only plus 10. So somehow, even if they get themselves in the point situation, there's a high chance they miss out on goals unless they absolutely batter the three teams. Yeah, good point. They essentially need to be ahead of the, mm-hmm. the fourth-place team. on. Yeah, and again, that even comes down to Leicester having an absolute Western and getting hammered by someone to help the goal difference situation. So, like yeah. I say... And, I hope Leicester don't bottle this, but I think it's it's pretty safe that they don't, if I'm honest. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what we give Liverpool. They're on uh, 57 as it stands at the moment with Man United away, West Brom away, Burnley away and then Palace at home. So three away games. 
Yeah. And then they will welcome Palace on final day. Um, they would probably need to win. They need to win all four. All of them. Yeah, I'd, I'd say they need to win all four to even have a chance. So, so yeah, West Brom are going to have a bit of a say in this race. Um, mm-hmm. And a, a couple of the teams play Man U as well. We, we think... Man U will be a bit stronger against Liverpool. Yeah, I would um, I would think so. Surely surely he realises that's more of the crunch fixture of the two. I would think so. I personally as a United fan, like I was saying, I'd rather Liverpool missed out on the top four than uh, than Leicester. Um but yeah, I obviously... mean, if you guys didn't have it secure, obviously Leicester would be the huge one, but you're already over that line, so like I say, I don't see why he'd throw a team at Leicester over Liverpool. Really. Yeah, absolutely. So, obviously, yeah, like we were saying, they've been playing a lot better recently. They beat Arsenal 3-0, uh, beat Villa, drew with Leeds and then Newcastle. So, a couple of strange ones. Which they'll ones. Be looking, which mm-hmm. They might be looking back on and regretting uh, in a few weeks' time. How many points do you reckon then, Dave? Man U, West Brom, Burnley, Palace. What can they take home from those? I mean, it's a weird one because West Brom and Palace should be nothing fixtures. But if you look at Liverpool's record against both of those teams, it's not actually very good. Even West Brom, usually, however bad they are, they usually get a point out of Liverpool. Well, they managed it earlier in the season yeah. at Anfield in one of the Sam's first games. Yeah, and even Palace, obviously, uh, there's been a very high-profile game <laughs> where Palace fought back. <laughs> Um, Man United one is a tough one to say because if Man United end up putting out youngsters, which you know they could do, I would back Liverpool. But a strong Man United team, I'd say a draw. Um, and to be honest, drawing one of these games is already really putting them at a disadvantage. Um, I think they would. I think they'll draw with Man U. I think they'll beat West Brom beat Burnley, but then like draw with Palace last day, so that's eight points. Eight points. So that would leave them on 65, if you're mm. following along. And then the last team we've got to discuss uh, in this sort of European race, I guess, is going to be Spurs. They're, well, we could do Everton, I guess. Spurs are on 56 points from their 35. So... Again, another one where their result of the weekend, they might be ruined that. They lost 3-1 away at Leeds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it didn't play particularly well in that. Not a good performance. They, Yeah. I mean, they, they've had some half-decent results under, under Ryan Mason. He's letting them be a bit more free up top, um, which is good to see. Obviously, Bale's been in the goals. Um, Son, I think, scored at the weekend, but They've got Wolves at home, Villa at home, and then Leicester away. Obviously, the one we discussed earlier on final day. How many points have you got there? Um, well, you got Wolves, Villa, Leicester. Obviously, I've already put, a, I believe, a draw for for the Leicester game, so that's one. Um, I think, to be honest, they will beat Wolves and Villa. Um, yeah, Villa obviously without Grealish really struggling. Even if he's back by then, I don't expect him to necessarily hit the ground running because he's been out for so long. Um, 
And Wolves, to be honest, haven't looked great at the back all season. And obviously everyone's aware of Tottenham's ridiculous strength up top. So uh, I'd give them seven points from these three. So seven points from their remaining games. So we're looking at a fairly strong finish to the season from most of these teams. That will take Spurs to 63 points, um, which we'll see whether that will get them into... Europe. How many places do we give to Europe? Seven. Uh, it depends on FA Cup final. Wait, so FA, so FA Chelsea Leicester. So yeah, so I believe that would open up the seventh place. However, and also yeah, Europa League final. If man, yeah, Man United will already be in Europe. So yeah, yeah, there should be a seventh place this season that gets it. Okay, so that does I make believe. things. I believe that does make things interesting, at least. Uh, in which case, we'll we'll talk about Everton, who are are just below them. Yeah, I didn't realise they're actually only two points off Liverpool. To be fair. Yeah, so two points behind their cross city rivals, Liverpool, having played the same game. So Everton also have four to play. Um, their fixtures: Villa away, Sheffield United home, Wolves at home, and then Man City away on the final day. Yeah. So, that's quite an interesting fixture list. How many points do we reckon there? The thing is with Everton, they're so inconsistent. I did not expect them to to beat West Ham. Uh, They've put in some shocking performances this season. Um, They are hard to predict, aren't they? (laughs) Obviously, I'd, I'd say three points against Sheffield United. I think anyone playing them will get three points. Man City's my interesting one here because Man City have the Champions League final to think of. They will have absolutely nothing to play for in the league. Surely Pep will rest players. Um, not even just out of, well, definitely with fitness, but more to prevent any sort of injuries. Like, imagine De Bruyne picks up a knock against Everton when they have nothing to play for and they miss his Champions League final. So Man City could be interesting because Pep could put out some youngsters, some fringe players. Uh, but I still wouldn't really predict Everton to beat Man City. And again, it's a way. So Man City should, in fact, have fans. Um, and it may, I don't know exactly when the fixtures are, but this could be Man City's only home league game of the season. So I can imagine, you know, they'll be pretty well supported. Um, unless there was some near the start, um, I don't think there was. Um, I can't remember who got to have fun. So th- this is this is the hardest one to predict because Everton, are, honestly, they're either great or they just don't get into the game at all. Um, I think Villa, to be honest, they would draw as well. I don't actually back them to beat Villa. Uh, they beat Sheffield United. I think they, yeah, I think they even draw with Wolves, and then I'm still going to say they lose to Man City. So that is five points. So yeah, five points, which will take them to sixty. So that will likely not be enough to mm-hmm. get them into Europe. So just for where me and Dave reckon they'll finish, Chelsea will be third, Leicester fourth. Uh, in, in fact, it's pretty much as you are by the looks mm-hmm. of it, um, which is a shame that it's ended up that boring. But for the most part, pretty good ends this season, and Spurs going on. What happens in the Cups may well sneak into the Europa League. We shall see. 
obviously we mentioned that Westboro officially been relegated. They've kind of been relegated for a while, but after their three one defeat to Arsenal at the weekend, they are gone. Um mm-hmm. are we are we counting this relegation on Big Sam's C V, Dave? I would say so. He had enough of the season uh to change things around. Like we said when he first took over, I don't think he actually added much stability. I thought they got worse initially from when they had Billich. Um they went from having like I would say yeah, they they got a point at was it Man City or Liverpool under Billich, and then that was his last game. Um, I mean, there's been some performances from Allardyce. It was, yeah. There's been some performances from Allardyce where they've looked good, but when they've looked bad, they've been absolutely battered. Like the amount of times they've conceded three or more goals in a game, uh, one not what you expect from any team really. Well, not that you'd hope for any team coming up, but a big Sam team to be getting taken to the cleaners. There was, in his first six games, they were averaging, like, conceding four goals a game or something crazy. Um, So, yeah, I would put it... It's not entirely his fault, but I definitely count it on CV. Because, like I say, he had plenty of game time to to potentially turn that one round. Yeah, I agree. Like, as you were saying, when he first came in, they lost 3-0 to Villa. Then they got that point that we mentioned at, at Anfield. But oh, then yeah. they lost 5-0 to Leeds, 4-0 to Arsenal. Then, yeah. So, yeah. Pretty horrible. Not either. Uh, yeah, conceding a lot of goals. They're, they're not a great Prem team. It'll be interesting to see how they get on next season. Sheffield United, we know, are already down. Um Obviously, they're they're still on just 17 points, less than a point every two games they're averaging at the moment. And then uh, it looks like Fulham will be joining them, 27 points from their first four games. They play Jeffrey. Um, do you want to predict that there? So everyone will know the results. <sighs> well, well I'd, I'd... I'd predict a draw, to be honest. Um, I think it'll be classic Fulham where they can't actually get the ball in the net as many times as they should. Um, I think it'll be like 1-1. Fulham will score, have some really good periods, but Burnley will just do a Burnley and score, despite maybe not even having many chances. Because I expect Fulham to really take the game to Burnley here, uh, and then Burnley will just do what they usually do and sit back. Um also, regardless of if they manage to win, like uh, basically West Ham's chance of getting top four, they're relying on other teams having a complete meltdown, basically. If you look at the point gap, I can't see... It's at a point almost where any team above them picks up one point and they're, and they're relegated. Uh, they're pretty much hoping that a team loses all their games and they win all their games. So I think they might give it a good go and they might pick up some points. Obviously, Southampton, Newcastle, I'd expect them to do okay against those teams. Man United, I I can't see them getting much change from them. Um, So, yeah, I mean, they might finish on a semi-respectable points tally, like 32, uh, maybe a a couple of points more. But, yeah, it's, it's been one of those where they've played well, but they haven't rewarded themselves with their own play through pretty much their own mistakes. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. They're, yeah, nine behind Burnley before to play. They're fortunate in that they do get to play Burnley, but 
they have to win that game essentially. I think they're pretty much. Yeah, I think it's too little, too late (laughs) for them. Yeah, I would tend to agree. Um, We'll just throw it back now to last midweek. I know it's a little way away, uh, and you've probably heard most of all you need to hear from that. But three out of the four finalists in the Champions League and Europa League are English teams. What does does that say anything about the league as a whole? The strength of the league, do you think? Yeah, I I think to be honest, uh, given that. Was it 2019 where all four finalists were were English? Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea, Europa League, I believe. Um, Yeah. The fact that, you know, did we, we didn't have any, did we have any teams in either final last year? I know we didn't Champions League. Were Europa? No, I don't, I don't think so. But even so, there was, you know, four or four two seasons ago and now three or four this season. I think it does show the strength of the league. Um, and like I've said before, with teams like PSG, most of their league games aren't big game occasions or real tests. So when they play these knockout European games against very well-drilled, way higher level of teams, I think that that comes back to bite them. Whereas with the Premier League, if you're a top six team, you're playing 10 big league games a season, essentially. Uh, and if you're a different team, uh, like Liverpool, for example, you play Everton twice. So you could argue that's 12 big games a season. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, when that means that when they play these big knockout games, the players and the, the manager knows how to handle the occasion because they they play massive games every season just just in the league and then you've got cup games as well where they might likely to meet and then I think I think it is a, a credit to the quality of the league because like I say having, having teams at such a good level means that it's not only the Champions League or, or in some cases Europa League where they're encountering like high class opposition that they're getting to do that every season regardless of how they perform in Europe yeah that is true no need for this Super League business, eh? Um, mm. But in fairness, I mean, these ties were, especially in the Champions English sides, um, definitely deserved it over the two legs um, to win their games. City beat PSG 2-0 on the night, 4-1 on aggregate, and Chelsea also 2-0 on the night, 3-1 over Real Madrid uh, on aggregate. Do you mm. think the league game will have much of a bearing on that final, given the final's still three weeks away? I mean, I think the occasion's a bit a bit different. it was a dress rehearsal. The occasion's a bit different, because obviously there's way more riding on the game, and I think Pep obviously realises that. However, would maybe be some alarm bells for Pep, just because how well drilled Chelsea were. Uh, and also, semi as well. also, they can't be... Uh, Missing chances like horrible Penenka penalties in a Champions League final. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I think these games have an influence, but I don't think you can really say like, oh, they beat this team in the league, so the finals didn't go the same. It is basically a one, one-off game. So, but then it is Pep. So who knows what team he's going to play? Um, but yeah, I would. Jenko will be up top. It'll be it'll be a good game for sure. But I don't I I don't necessarily think Chelsea are now 
in the driving seat because they beat them in the league. Yeah, I think that's fair. It should be a it should be it a should really be really good game. Really good. Um, there's obviously a lot of talk about where the final should be played. Mm-hmm. I think there was musings that Levy had offered the Spurs ground last week. That's pretty embarrassing. That is embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, it's like in between two sides, so maybe a good option that they were talking about Wembley. Um, and now you you just told me before the pod they're thinking about Portugal because that's on the green. Yeah, because it's on the green list. So. What I've been seeing today, albeit it's just from like journalists on Twitter, so I don't know if it is like a hundred percent anything more than talk, but they are thinking of switching from Turkey due to coronavirus there and the fact that no fans can really attend, uh, and switching it to either Wembley, <clears throat> which I think personally would make more sense, or to Portugal that's on the green list, but. Whatever option they choose, at least they're giving fans an opportunity to attend, whether people agree with them all going abroad, whatever, because I guess with them going abroad, like most of these games, there could be a, could be loads of fans without tickets go out there because they're allowed to on a green list, um, which I mean, to be honest, for the fans would be a great occasion. Um, however... I don't know. I feel like personally, given with what's going on, both the teams are English. I don't see why you wouldn't really look to play it in England. Um, just, just I think it's more like fair on the teams as well. Like, why would they both travel? It's not like two teams traveling from like a neutral location to, sorry, from countries to a neutral location. Like, I don't really get why they would... Obviously, both teams would be travelling, but I don't get why they would travel when they're from the same nation. But either way, I prefer I prefer either options to Tottenham embarrassing themselves and giving <laughs> an opportunity for the first trophy one at their new ground to an immediate rival. Um, and I also obviously prefer it to, to Turkey, where their coronavirus well, seems to be bad and, it's, and no one can travel. So... Either option seems better than the current proposed one in Turkey. Um, but I do think maybe from like a more sensible point of view rather than a fun experience point of view, it would maybe make sense to go for Wembley. But obviously, if you're a City or Chelsea fan, I bet they're all wishing it's Portugal so they can go on holiday and, and watch it's it out there. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it makes a lot of sense to have it in England. So if you can one off. English venues, that seems to make sense, but Portugal's not a bad little backup now. Is it? Um, United will play Villarreal in the Europa League final, which is in Poland, so that's kind of the neutral location you were almost just talking mm-hmm. about. I imagine they won't move that because the two teams are from separate countries. Yeah. Um, that should be an interesting game. I would think United will go off favourites. Uh, yeah, and, well, I think so. Certainly. I was the only thing I say on this... Only thing for me is, yeah, you did win the the semis, but to concede five is a bit alarming. I thought. De Gea had a really good game as well on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know it could have been could have way been more than, than three. Yeah, especially. Um, I mean, we started awfully in that game. We were terrible to begin with. Yeah. So yeah. Arsenal. Yeah, <laughs> I I found it funny that Arsenal got done over by the man they sacked. To be honest, I mean Villarreal. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that you know a team that I would fear if I was United was would be Sevilla, for example, who I believe yeah. are actually still 
maybe not quite in the title race, but they're still right up there with the big boys. Um, Villarreal, I believe, are sixth or seventh, and they were really near the top at the start of the season. They've just sort of fallen down a bit. However, Unai Emery's won three Europa Leagues, so I don't think there's a manager out there right now with more pedigree in this competition, and to be fair. Um, and I admit I only saw the first leg, not the second leg of Arsenal-Villarreal, but um, he seemed to have it like tactically down to a T, so I think I think there'll be a maybe a bit harder than it would look on paper, just because they've got arguably the best manager you can hope for going into Europa League final. Yeah, given where they are in the league, I think he's about as good as it gets, to be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like you say, he's won it three times. He knows how to win this competition. He seems to have proved that again this season. With yeah, didn't he also beat? He beat Liverpool, didn't he? I think it was. I think it was after Suarez. Yeah, it was definitely after Suarez. But there was still like Daniel Sturridge and Coutinho and some really good players in that team. And yeah, I remember watching that and that. Um, what? Who was it? Who was he manager of now? Uh, I want to say Severe. I don't Probably know. Probably Severe, I'd have thought, yeah. Cause it, they won it three times. In a, I think he won it with them. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I was really I weird. Think. I was thinking Severe, and then I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, they they were really good in that final. So, I mean, yeah, different players, but if you're a Villarreal player, I think you're thinking, well, this guy's won it three times in, in recent recent history. Um, <laughs> you'd feel quite confident if he's telling you to do something maybe a bit different to what you'd be doing in the league game because like this guy's a proven winner at, in this competition. Yeah, um, they, they should be going into this. I think also, they really can win. They've, they've just put Arsenal out, so there's no Sol- reason they can't do the same to Manu. Solskjaer's yet to really find what looks like a winning competition for these one-off games a lot of the time. Like semi-finals and finals, he he doesn't seem. Yeah, like so many semi-finals have been lost under him already. I do think if he's if he's got a track record of not succeeding in semi-finals, how does he suddenly turn make like a winning game plan for a final? But I mean, obviously United are favourites. The the players are of a a higher quality. That's for sure. And also helps, I'd say, United are on good form in the league. So. They're already playing well, so I, th- I think that's a big, big help. But I think it will be closer than what it may look like on paper to a neutral or someone just basically looking at the personnel involved in these squads. Yeah, I think that's true. Harder by uh, that it might have been given credit for. Um, We'll head to the EFL now. It was the final weekend uh, down there. We already knew in the Championship that Norwich and Watford were promoted. We've obviously discussed that already. We now know who's going to play who in the playoffs. So Brentford will play Bournemouth uh, and Swansea will play Barnsley. The map came at the bottom in the Championship, Dave, with Derby staying up by the skin of their teeth. What did you make of it all down there? Oh, it was carnage because the Sheffield Wednesday derby game, they kept basically, what was it? It was 1-0 Sheffield, then 1-1 derby, then 2-1 derby, then 2-2, then 
and Sheffield Wednesday 3-T, then Derby 3-3. So the lead and the, the situation of the points those teams kept constantly changing. Rotherham were winning at one point, which was mental, and then Cardiff yeah. equalised. Yeah, the 88th minute that goal was. Yeah. For Cardiff. Mm-hmm. And then, um, even with Wickham, uh, Wickham, I honestly think, in terms of the championship, they're the weakest team there's been since, like, Yeovil. Um, I am amazed that they made, uh, I think it's 43 points, 42 points. They, fair play so to Gareth Ainsworth. From bottom in the end. Yeah, fair play to Gareth Ainsworth. I think that's a fantastic coaching job. Like, if you look at the personnel and stuff in that squad. Also on that note, I saw today... Derby have had like an EFL trial about financial fair play going on for ages. Uh, I think it might even be from last season. And because of COVID, it kept getting delayed and there's been numerous appeals. But they're supposed to rule on it again. And allegedly, if Derby are ruled to have broken the rules, there'll be a three or six point deduction, which would relegate them. And also it would be applied to this season because it's breaches involved in this season as well. Uh, I mean, we've spoken about points deductions before, and we're not a fan of them. Uh, but this is the AFL; they basically do whatever they like. So <laughs> it probably will actually happen. Well, if they rule that they did break the rules, and then Wickham get a second season in the championship, which is yeah. absolutely mental, to be honest. So that would be crazy. I I don't know if the listeners will have heard all of what you just said, but essentially Derby could still face a points deduction this season, which would see Wickham survive. Um, I think either mine or Dave's internet just dropped for a second there, so we may have missed some of that, but that's the gist of it. So still drama to go in the championship, which is crazy. The season's over in in terms of Uh, games. uh, Yeah, and it's still kind of going going on. Uh, In League One, Holland, uh, Peterborough, promoted the playoffs will be Blackpool against Oxford who snuck in um yep. on final day at the expense of Portsmouth uh, and then Sunderland will play Lincoln uh in those relegated from League One unfortunately Rochdale, Northampton, Swindon and Bristol Rovers so they will be playing in League Two football next season uh and then in League Two Cheltenham promoted along with Bolton who were one of the pre-season favourites uh, yep. Cambridge who uh, were second. It looked like they maybe may bottle it in the end, but they managed to get it done uh, at Grimsby. The playoffs uh, in League 2 will be Morecambe against Tranmere and then Newport will play Forest Green. Mm-hmm. Um, the two at the bottom, again, quite interesting in League 2. They've been probably the worst two teams uh, in the league, so deserved bottom two. Southend and Grimsby um, relegated, but they are both fighting their relegation on the grounds that there was no relegation from the National the League, National League. The they'll, yeah. be, they'll be going into. I don't know what you make of all that. Uh, I think I think it's because both of them realise that if they go out of the Football League, it will have huge financial ramifications for them. So I think I think they're basically trying to avoid being like a, a Macclesfield again. Or a Berry, because I know for a fact um, Southend have struggled with finances finances for a couple of years now. Even even before like COVID, uh, even when they were in League One and they had Sol Campbell, I believe. Um, 
Yeah, unfortunately, Saul yeah. Campbell, every That's team right. he's managed, uh, basically go like four or five months between paychecks for him. So I think he's actually done quite a good job. He, he, he has done, yeah, but he just he just always ends up in teams that basically <laughs> run out of money. But yeah, South Bend, I would imagine for them, given that sort of pedigree, that for them they're sort of saying, you know, if we go down, this could be the end of us. But I also think you got yeah, the team below didn't get to league below had no relegation. You had 46 games to earn your place in the league, and, and you haven't. So, yeah. I think you should go down, personally. Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably what will end up happening, but that'll be an interesting one uh, to watch out for if you're a fan of the EFL. Well, as a kick of the week, Dave... Oh, without on, doubt, Ollie McBurney. A video emerged of him. Believe to be Sheffield Wednesday fans. Now, I've seen a different age range. Uh, supposedly, these... These kids were like 15, 16, uh, Sheffield Wednesday fans talking McBurney in the street about Sheffield United getting relegated. It's a video where I'm, I'm pretty sure it is McBurney, by the way. I don't think this is someone looking like McBurney. I'm, I'm almost positive it's McBurney. And basically what he does is he goes up to Key, like smacks his phone out of his hand stamps on his phone and then you see him like kneeing and punching this this kid that definitely looks to be under 18 and i'm like what the heck is this guy doing this is also oliver mcburney he's been caught drink driving i believe a couple of times now um and he got fined heavily in bands last year um yeah definition of a wazak like if if that is him uh not only would i say it's it's he's got a chance of being charged with assault there's also a high chance that she- I mean can you keep employing a player that's uh, assaulted a member of the public and yeah could, he could literally get sacked over this yeah. he could have ruined yeah, his entire a... career yes we'll see how that plays out obviously well I know Will would have said it if it's he was there behind bars. Uh, but it was interesting Lucky. to see McBurney land a punch after not being able to hit anything for the whole season. <laughs> Very good indeed. Uh, on, from one joke straight into another, it's the Joel Linton report this week. Um, Newcastle obviously had an excellent 4-2 win away at Leicester. Joel Linton given just six minutes by uh, by Steve Bruce, subbed on for St Maximin, who, to be fair, had a, a very good game. Yeah, he's in quality. It, yeah. appears, that, it appears that that uh, decision from Bruce... So, a very short job into report this week, which is a real shame. Hopefully, you can finish the season strong. Um, and our last segment of this week, it's David's Stat of the Week. Cheers for that intro, Mike. Uh, it is one relating to Man United, actually. So, this season, as it's been hardly shown, Man United, for some reason, like Gary Neville, I can't remember what he referred to them as, but he basically was saying that these guys are never switched on at the first whistle. Something has to happen for them to switch on. And this stat very much proves that. So Man United have actually won 10 games this season in the Premier League after conceding first, which is a new record since competition began, which is weird. Um, it's not really an impressive stat. It's it's a bit worrying that the players can only turn it on when they've conceded. Do you, do you feel that, Mike? Yeah, definitely. I don't think this is particularly sustainable. Um, and I think... I mean, watching them uh, uh, on Thursday night, they they came out just to have been through the hair back there. So, 
you've got to start games better and that'll put you in a better position to be further ahead when you do start playing well. They obviously oh, well, at Villa. Also well. touching on the Europa League, is there a fear that these guys don't start playing until they're either conceding or or Villarreal are all over them and, and they decide, OK, guys, it's time to start. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is a huge concern going into that game, especially a one-game final. Uh, um, it's not it's not a sort of trait you want in your team. Although, if you do go behind, at least you know you're not out of the game. But you, you don't want to give, obviously, you don't want to give the teams that you're playing against an advantage straight out of the game. And that's yeah. what we keep doing. So, yeah, we've got to be careful of that. But obviously, it's good that they're able to come back at least at the moment, but that I, I think it's not sustainable. Um, this week, but I think that will just about do it for us. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you very much for listening. If you would like to follow Dave, where can they do that, mate? Uh, it's at Dave Harris underscore 44. Yeah, so any Ollie McBurney chat Send it over there. <laughs> um, for the Joel Linton updates and, uh, and any betting stuff, uh, it's at Mikey Perez. Instead, just follow at In Around Pod uh, on Twitter, where you can get all our updates, including pod releases, uh, article release on our website, which is in theroundmedia.com as well. Um, but yeah, thanks very much for listening uh, and enjoy the rest of your week. Yeah, thank you. Cheers, guys.